Janice Mary. I'm so happy to have my good friend Lorraine back with me. She has so many questions, so I thought we would just have another conversation about connecting to the soul. And today we're going to expand a little bit on one of my posts. I wrote a post called um, The Soul Can Take the Sting Out of Rejection. Um, rejection is really a very, very painful time for all of us. And, um, you know, she had some questions, and so we thought we'd start there. Hi, Lorraine. Good morning. Hi, Janice. Yes, this is my favorite topic, um, the pain of rejection, breakups, that kind of thing. And um, it once took me eight years to get over someone, and when they finally came back, uh, it was too late, of course. But I couldn't believe that it lasted that long, and... I didn't have too many moments of being in my soul. It was just pretty bad. So when I saw your post the other day where you said in your therapy practice, you've, you've learned that it takes about three months of, you know, the pain, the real pain, but then after that, you should be getting better and starting your new life. Well, can you connect that to the whole soul, connecting with your soul thing and tell me, would that have helped me or what would I do the next time if I ever get involved with anyone again? <laughs> Hopefully that won't have keep happening, but it happens to all of us. And yeah, you know, in my practice, I've noticed when people come in after rejection, they're devastated. I mean, they come in and probably um, the most severe pain that I've ever seen people go through. Um, and I always tell them that it is a really, really difficult time. It really almost looks identical to me as when somebody loses somebody they love, like from death. Um, so if, if I was sitting there with a client, I sometimes would not be able to tell whether this person died or this person actually. Um, wow. It's that severe. It is. It's good to hear you acknowledge that because when I was going through it, I didn't get the same amount of sympathy as if someone had died on me because we weren't married. He was just the boyfriend and they just said, oh, it's just a heartbreak. But it did feel like a death. Yeah. And, you know, people have the same symptoms as a death, too. I noticed they can't eat. They can't sleep. They're, they're almost a little disoriented. Um, they are, they can't like think clearly. It's, and, and that's the exact same symptoms you get when someone dies. People are very yeah. oriented. They're almost in shock. And you know, when you're rejected or you lose someone you love, you, we really go through the exact same pain and the exact same, um, grief steps. And I'll tell clients that, you know, cause they'll walk in and they'll be like, this is ridiculous. And I'm so upset over a relationship. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being so ridiculous. I can't sleep. I can't. Yes, there is that. You do think that you're being ridiculous, that other people are doing fine with it. And you're just being especially awful with it. Yes. And like you said, you're not really getting that much support because people will be like, oh, he wasn't good for you anyway. Um, yeah. so, you know, I never liked him or, you know, <laughs> yes. somebody better anyway. And, you know, when you're in that kind of pain, that reaction is just not very helpful at all. And what is the pain? Is it the rejection? Yes, it's the rejection. So what happens when we're rejected? And I kind of look at it this way. When our little ego is young and we get rejected, our ego is almost like a little um, detective and writes down every little instance that we got rejected and, and records it. So every time we've felt rejection in our life, our body remembers it and a part of us remember it. So every cumulative time we get rejected, uh -huh. 
even little rejections, you know, when you call somebody up and they say, and you ask them to go to a movie with you and they say, no, that's a form of rejection. So every single time that happens and depending on our sensitivity, um, it affects us in a very, very deep way. So we have to, we want to have like a lot of compassion for ourselves, which we often just don't have, you know? Yeah. And that's what you teach to treat yourself as if, yourself were your best friend and you wouldn't want your best friend to suffer right so how okay so this soul energy is when you're connecting you feel good is it even possible when you're going through a breakup pain to get into that mode to get yourself there it is i mean it definitely is you we have to go through our feelings and and respect them and honor them but when you know the soul is there it's almost like in the back of your mind, you know, this isn't as important as it seems right now. So when you have your connection, even though you go, you're upset, and you're going through what you're going through, you have the sense that I'm going to be okay, that I am loved, that my life isn't going to be, you know, devastated by this. There's mm-hmm. this other sense happening, like kind of in the background. And that really, really can buffer and help. And I always say the soul kind of buffers our life experiences. So you're feeling that in the back of your mind. I mean, I guess that's what keeps you going through through the breakup. It's mm-hmm. that yes. somehow knowing. Mm-hmm. Is that, should we think of that as our soul and try to bring it to the forefront? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when you bring your soul into your awareness and you give it some room, those um, feelings of self-loathing that come from rejecting, re- being rejected, kind of eases a little bit. So it's sort of like, um, you know, you're in all this, I hate myself, you know, I, sh- I did this wrong in the relationship, I messed this up. And if you suspend that just a little bit, the soul can kind of come in and help you look at that um, a little bit with a little bit better perspective. So the pain is there, but again, the pain is not, is just not like a little bit more buffered. It's not as intense. Should you kind of wait for the three months to pass first? Yeah, before you have to. I mean, if you have a strong connection to your soul and you have this practice going, you know, people will meditate. And they'll feel better or they'll start doing a, another spiritual practice like doing the book the magic because every day <clears throat> with the magic you have like um something to do every day so it kind of gives our ego a rest so you can definitely do things to kind of get yourself out of it a little bit but we do have to respect kind of what we go through um in a rejection or a death we have to mm-hmm. you know we're human and we want to respect our feelings mm-hmm. and how we're feeling it's just that when you have the soul, when you have that soul connection, you don't believe the self-loathing as much. You know, you just don't believe it. So when we feel rejected, we believe that self-loathing. We believe that to be true. When you're connected to the soul, you know that that's not true. You mm-hmm. know that you're a good person. You mm-hmm. know that um, you're loved. You know, you, you just have that feeling. So the rejection almost doesn't hit you as hard. Mm-hmm. And um, connecting to the soul, does that help put the focus back on your life rather than your life with that person? Yeah, because it takes the pressure off of another person. If you're getting all your love and support from this energy, you really don't need it from another person. It's nice to have another person in your life. And, you know, we get lonely. We want to have people in our lives. We want to share our Mm -hmm. lives. But it's not like a necessity. You know, some people, I think, feel like they can't exist if they're not in a relationship. 
And th there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. It's just when you connect to this energy, um, it causes you to be very, very present and, and mm -hmm. very much enjoying your life no matter where you are. So whether you're in a relationship or not, you're mm -hmm. enjoying the mom each moment of your life. So nothing becomes so critical. Yeah. All right. So um, is this what you tell your clients? Do, do you try to help them connect to their soul when they're going through a breakup? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much say to them what the soul says to me. So, you know, a lot of people are, you know, not familiar with this kind of connection and I would never want to put that on somebody that isn't spiritual or doesn't believe in this. However, this what the soul says to me, I say to them. And so hopefully I'm giving them a little bit of a reminder because they have this energy within them. So as, as if I, when I'm saying what the soul would say to them, it feels a little bit familiar and hopefully that energy um, will kind of, you know, give it some room within them. But mm -hmm. I don't, you know, come out and say, you know, you need to connect to your soul energy. Unless they're a very spiritual person and they're working on that, then I would give them more direction. But generally, when I'm sitting with somebody that's going through this type of pain, I ask my soul, you know, how can you guide me to help this person? And at the level that this person is at, spiritually and emotionally and developmentally, how can I help them? And that's where my soul is so wise and comes in right at the level that they need to be. Mm -hmm. And and it's different for everyone. For some people, I'm just listening. For some people, I'm I'm giving a little bit more advice. It depends. Yeah. It really depends on that person where they are in their. No, there's no there's no general advice that you can give us about the soul and disappointments in life. Because that was another question. Just you know, how, aside from breakups, we all go through lots of things that hurt and. Yeah. You know, if the soul is right there and can help us, um, you know, so this applies, this breakup advice probably applies to everything that, that hurts. Yeah, absolutely everything. So if we know there's two energies that live within us, we have the ego energy and the soul energy, mm -hmm. I would always say choose the soul energy because that's loving and kind. But people are not used to that energy, so they're not even looking for it. So you can't look for something that you're not aware of. So the first step is you have to be aware that this energy exists that you can tap into to feel right. better. Once you know it exists, you can then challenge your ego that keeps playing over and over. And what I tell people mostly, and this is really what my first book was about, The Forgotten Friend, was to um, not listen to it. You can't listen to this ego voice. You know, it plays this horrible record of um, all of our imperfections. And it's not wrong. It does categorize things you know, in, in a kind of a very exact way. So that's where it gets you. It reminds you of things that you know you kind of did do wrong because nobody's perfect. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the hook. The ego always has truth to it, but it's not true. It's true, but it's not true. So we have to be very careful with believing anything that the ego has to say. So yeah. if you're in your ego and someone breaks up with you, you're going to believe what your ego is saying. You're going to believe that you're no good, you're not pretty enough, you're not... You know, you weren't a, a good enough girlfriend or a good enough wife or somehow you're just not good enough and you just kind of ferment in that ball of self-loathing. And it's a horrible, horrible place to be. And we all get there when we're rejected. We can't help mm -hmm. that not to come up. It's just that when that comes up, we really have to challenge it and say, I'm just not going to believe it. Sorry, not believing this. 
And, you know, you kind of, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it a little bit and just say, I was just going to say that. You just have to keep repeating it till you have to keep repeating it and say, you know what, this is that voice that you're <laughs> about. And this is the voice I am not going to listen to anymore because really, even if it was true, it's not doing you any it's not doing you any good. It's just harming you. So if you go, yeah, so we have to challenge it. And I've gotten very good at challenging it because um, it took me a while to kind of get out of my own ego voice. So I got to the point where, do I really want to think these things again? Is this really true about me? Would I ever say this to anybody in my life? No. And yeah. so I got very good at getting out of my ego. And I use many, many different things to get out of my ego. And once you get out of that voice that keeps talking to you over and over, you begin to be able to be much more anchored in your body and much more present. Mm -hmm. And then you start to feel this different energy, you know, and then that's when everything changes. Would it also change the feeling that I really miss this person and I really liked being with him and... I'm never going to be going to have that again. You know what it does do? It gives you a different perspective. And the perspective is, is that we're all one and mm -hmm. we're all connected. And even though I can't share the same house with this person anymore, we are still connected in love and that will never, ever change. Um, so you don't feel that loneliness feeling mm -hmm. anymore and you don't feel this you just don't feel that strong rejection anymore because you know there's a knowing that we're all one that you're no different than me and I'm no different mm -hmm. than you. And if we can stay with people, we can stay with them. And if we can't, we can't. I mean, some people's egos just get the best of them and make yeah. them crazy. And yeah. when people's egos get the best of them, me included at times, you know, I've been mm -hmm. difficult. Um, when our egos are bad, who could live with us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If your ego is not under control to some degree, who could live with you, you know? So it's very challenging for most people to stay in relationships if you have an, an out of control ego because it's going to be the death of the relationship. Again, nobody's fault. It's not our fault and the soul does not blame us for this, mm. but it is just kind of a fact of where we are in relationships right now. And that's why I think it's, it's gonna shift and start to change. As people tap into this energy more, they're gonna realize, oh, I'm okay all on my own. I don't need anything. You know? Yeah, I'm okay in the relationship. I'm okay out of it. You're right, exactly. And, and maybe you can go into the next relationship uh, not as um, giving yourself completely over to that person. Just hold on to yourself. Well, you know, in the soul energy, you can because there's no risk of losing anything because you're, you're one. You know, so there's never a risk of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't lose yourself because there's no need to manipulate somebody in a relationship to get what you need anymore because you have what you need. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just so ego-related. It's so ego-based. And, you know, who talks a lot about special relationships is in A Course in Miracles. Um, you know, that there's been a few spiritual practices in my life that really, really hit home with me. And the Course in Miracles was one of them. And I talked all about, they called it the special relationships. And that's what I'm calling like ego relationships. And they, they talk about how it's never the home of love. It's the home of this horrible out of control ego. And that really hit me. I was like, wow, that is just so true. But when I was doing a Course in Miracles, I was still in the beginning of my spiritual journey. So I couldn't understand 
like how to get out of it and stay out of it. And then if I did get out of it and I would go back into it, I would be even more angry at myself. It's like, so I can't even master this spiritual relationship. You know, I'm just awful. Not realizing that it, it's, it goes in increments and steps. Um, oh, so it's okay. You shouldn't beat yourself up if you fall back out of it. No. And no, and that's something, you know, just over the last few years I've learned. I used to be very hard on myself as a spiritual mm -hmm. person and someone very connected to her soul that when I would go in my ego, I'd be like, well, what the heck? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm no better off. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know? So what I wasn't realizing <laughs> is that I wasn't staying in my soul energy for a long enough time each day. Mm -hmm. I would go in, you know, for a little bit and then I'd pop back out. So if I'm staying in my ego energy most of the day, I'm just not going to be feeling so good. So I got to a point where I was staying in my soul energy for most of the day. And then it got to a point where I didn't need to stay in it as much. And now I've come back into the ego energy with the awareness of the soul. So, you know, you go through many different stages when you mm -hmm. connect with your soul. And so what I've now feel is that the sense of going in and out from ego to soul is fine. And I have a deep appreciation yeah. now for the ego and I have a deep appreciation for my experiences because I no longer take them personally. It's like, wow, look at everything that I went through and I can honor that, but I don't believe it. And I don't believe the harshness or the things that I used to come away with from. So, you know, I was divorced, you know, and I used to feel very bad at that, about that. I don't feel that anymore. I feel like that was an experience I was meant to have. It taught me many, many lessons, but I could say that to myself, but I wasn't really believing it. Now I believe it and now I can see. So now I go into eat my ego energy and I can enjoy that and then I can go into my soul energy and enjoy that. And that's a wow. really fantastic place to be. And that's what I wrote a post this morning about that because it, it's a wonderful realization that you don't have to beat yourself up when you are in your ego and you are in your yeah. you know, It sounds like a good balance. It's a, it's a balance, yeah. Yep. The stage that I'm at is I spend about two days sulking in my ego energy, but I get through it because I know that it's going to pass. Like this too shall pass. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. It does. And then you go back into that soul energy. Yeah, exactly. And you do different things to help you out. Like, you know, goals was a, a spiritual practice that helped me get out of my ego because there was what was. The Course in Miracles was one. Oh, okay. Um, Abraham Hicks was another, um, the Law of Attraction, because basically, you know, um, so Esther Hicks, who channels uh, spirits that kind of give her this really amazing wisdom, um, mm -hmm. so it basically keeps you in a very positive mindset. Uh, so when I started doing that, I was having a lot, a bulk of time outside of my ego because I was listening to a lot of her tapes and her quotes. So that kept me out of my ego. The, but the problem again became when I wasn't listening and I was back in my ego, <clears throat> it felt stronger than ever. So I kept, really? yeah, so I, yeah. So I kept feeling like I was failing somehow. Mm -hmm. um, when I wasn't, when my soul was giving me an opportunity to see the difference between being in the ego and being in the soul energy. So you can use anything to get into the soul energy that makes you feel good. Um, you know, listening to Eckhart Tolle on YouTube can get you into that soul energy. Anything yeah. that gets you out of your ego is getting you into your soul energy and helps you to come into presence. 
And um, that is really very, very helpful. It's a helpful distinction between your ego and your soul because you really do feel like you are your ego and you're not. Mm -hmm. ego. Well, I, I compare my ego to, well, reality, because my ego is always saying, but this is reality. This yes. person is with another person now, didn't really want you anymore and isn't coming back. And, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is the reality. It is the reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's just when the soul comes in, the soul so loving and kind and would say, you know what? It's just his ego that took him away from you. You know, you are connected and he'll always be with you on some level. Um, but his ego looked at you and saw himself and wanted to split off from that, you know, and that's rejection. Rejection is seeing yourself and the other person and saying, no way. <laughs> I've had enough of me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be with me anymore because you're, you're, you know, you are reflecting me. Oh, your... so he wanted to see something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, when we, we kind of can't handle being with somebody, it is actually the thing in us that we've split off that we don't want to have in ourselves. And sometimes, but sometimes it is just being with somebody that their egos are so out of control. It's abusive yeah. and not stay in it. So it could be a few reasons why you can't stay with somebody, but they're all very, very valid reasons. Mm -hmm. And the soul um, energy would never, ever want you to stay in a relationship here that's doing you any harm or any damage, ever. Well, that's true. That's true. The way I, I look at breakups now, it, aside from the whole um, soul connection, is I want to honor that person's decision. Mm -hmm. And me sulking and carrying on and trying to contact the person is not honoring that person's decision and life choices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, honor other people. Way to be. And, and very caring way to be for that other person, you know, to, to take mm -hmm. that into consideration when you're in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. But you do equate it, though, to the pain of losing someone to death. Yes. So yeah. that, I found that so interesting in your post because um, I would have liked to get that kind of sympathy or, um, you know, somebody to understand that. But When people go through divorces, too, um, it mm -hmm. is like a death, and, and people are devastated, and they don't get the same support as when someone does die. And um, we need that support. So, yeah, so a lot of this is an awareness. When you have a friend that just broke up with someone, know that they're in their worst moments with their ego and they're saying probably the worst things they've ever said to themselves. And, you know, to really try to just be aware of that and help them through it, you know, which is just being there, no real advice, just being there for somebody, you know, is the best way to do it. You mentioned... Um to stay in the soul more often, you know, watch Eckhart Tolle on, on YouTube and, you know, the videos or whatever, or read <clears throat> that. Should we do that as much as possible? You know, definitely. I mean, I still will listen to him or Abraham Hicks or I'll, I'll open up A Course in Miracles. And really that it just helps me to get right into my soul energy very, very quickly. Um, I mean, I can get into my soul energy just by kind of thinking about it. So it's easier, but there's something about, you know, listening or reading that kind of wisdom that just really, um, inspires you and opens it up really quickly. It's like a help. It's a helper. Yeah, it really it is. Helps. 
Yeah. And it makes so much sense and it's validating. So when I listen to Eckhart Tolle and he talks about the presence, he calls, yeah. he calls it presence. And um, so I call it soul. I mean, it really doesn't matter what you want to label it. Um, I, when I listen to him, it's validating to me because what he talks about is what I feel and what I, I've come to understood. So it's very, it's, it, it almost like gives me that validation that I need to talk about it because it's new mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, I'm a therapist, so it's kind of um, a little bit out there stuff. So when you hear other people talking about it, it's like, oh, okay, good. So I'm not crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? it's validation. It I'm, is. Not, I'm not crazy. And this is real. And what I'm feeling and what I have been feeling for the past 10 years is very real and very, very significant. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge, huge change for us. And, but I think it's, it's a needed change because most people are listening to their egos way too much. Yes. Yes. The people who get angry quickly are, seem to be ego driven people. Yeah. You know, you're agitated, you're angry, you know, you're depressed, you're anxious, you know, that's the feelings that the ego will kind of, um, you know, stir up in us. So mm -hmm. when listening more to the soul, you settle down, you know, you hang out with your pets more often, you yeah. know, you just, you relax, you hang out you with your Settle friends. down and you live it like Eckhart says, you live in the now. You live in the now. And really, yeah. I, I say that too, is that your soul energy is in the now. You can't feel your soul if you're in your thoughts. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the only way to feel your soul is to like get out of your thoughts and to be back in your body. Mm -hmm. and to really try to, to connect and feel that energy and in time you will you'll just all of a sudden it, you know it's a, it's a miraculous thing how all of a sudden every moment can feel so good and then every mm -hmm. moment starts to feel loving and and then you just keep getting more and more information um, about different things you know? well that's a good point to be aware of all the good things that are happening just yeah. As much as the ego is pointing out the, the bad things, <laughs> the soul can point out everything that's good. Yes. Yeah. That's going, that's happening in the now. It's like right now I'm warm. Um, I have food in my house. You know, everything is fine right in the moment. Right. We have, really have nothing to worry about in the moment, you know, but it's very hard for us to stay in the moment. You know, we have things that we think about and that's where the soul settles you down. Because the soul will keep saying, everything's fine. You're fine. You don't have to worry about this. I got it. You know, I wasn't able to get out of my thoughts until I felt like somebody was kind of guiding me and helping me and taking care of me because right. I felt I had to think about everything. I had to be in control and I couldn't let that go. So I, there was no way I was going to get that record to stop playing until my soul kind of came in and said, no, we got it. We got you. <laughs> you know, we got you back. Yeah. You know, and thinking about the past doesn't help anything. Having anxiety and worry, it doesn't help anything. It's no, crazy. No, but we're very addicted to our thinking. You know, we like to think, and, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with thinking. It's just when it turns on you, that's when you have to stop. You have to say, anytime I'm evaluating myself in a negative way, that's my ego, and I'm just going to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a waste of my time, you know, nobody's perfect, 
Um, and we could just go on and on about how imperfect we are in our lives and our bodies and our homes and everything, or we can just have fun. And that's our choice. Yeah. It sounds simple, but it's not, it's not simple. It's, it really does take a little bit of convincing your ego yourself to like pull away from this ego, to detach from the ego. It takes a little convincing and a little mm -hmm. bit of experience of the alternate. And once you know you that it works, that it can happen, that kind it kind of builds on itself. Yeah. You've seen it ha you've seen yourself get out of the ego and into the soul. And so the next time the ego is really bringing you down, you know that you can switch. You mm -hmm. see the more you see that happen, the easier it gets. It's like learning any skill, like roller skating or ice skating. Well, I stayed on the ice for 10 minutes last time, you know, it can happen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. You really have to um, experience it. And once you experience it, it really does, it'll change your life. You know, it's an amazing thing. I'm at the stage where I give myself um, like overnight. I'm like, go to sleep in the morning. Things might, you might feel mm -hmm. better. You might be in your soul connection. This morning, um, I woke up and I was depressed, but I said to myself, well, you know, I'm going to be talking to Janice at nine o'clock this morning, and that is guaranteed to get me out of whatever stupid ego depression this is. Mm -hmm. And because I, I now know that there are things that will change yeah. that my mood. Right, exactly. I know it now. Yeah, you can think about the last time you felt that way you did your collage and how much better you felt. Yes. So you can re you can kind of like help yourself to remember. Well, I, when I felt this way and I got out of my ego thoughts, I did much better. So let me try mm -hmm. it again. You know. And yeah. You kind of respect that you know pattern of thought that you have that leads to depression. To say, all right, you know, that's my ego. That's that record. So this is my mm -hmm. record on depression, and it's okay. This has been my life experience. I wanna I wanna validate that and and say, you know, I haven't had it easy. And mm -hmm. times when I want to feel a little sad for myself, but I don't want to injure myself so I can feel it and then I'm going to let it go. That's a really great point. Mm -hmm. Validate it. Say, yes, you did have a hard time. Feel it. Yeah. But don't injure yourself. Yeah, we don't want to like throw the whole ego away. You know, we want to respect its, you know, observations and <laughs> we want to respect it and understand where it's coming from because it, it isn't false. You know, it, there is truth to it in the mm -hmm. human, in our human world. Um, it's just, we're so much bigger than this human, this human. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have to remember. So yeah, it's true on this level that I'm feeling depressed over these things. These, mm -hmm. had these experiences, but yet I'm so much, much more, you know, so that kind of helps, helps it. Mm -hmm. So the soul would come in and say, yeah, you know what? That was horrible that you had to go through that. And I wish you didn't have to, but you've learned a lot from it. What have you learned? Mm -hmm. You know, how has it strengthened you? How has mm -hmm. it expanded you? And look at you now, you know, selling, you know, photos online and, and starting this whole new business for yourself, you know? I know, I know. That, that is great, but sometimes the ego can be stronger and say, but so what? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> the strength of the ego is very, very strong, but the strength of the energy of the soul is stronger. Yeah. So 
well the stretch for me when when i'm taking pictures or making a collage the beauty that feeling of seeing beauty just overtakes me there's nothing as strong as that right and you're in it that's your soul energy when you're doing that you're in your soul energy that's what it feels like for you You've noticed, you see that in my photographs. Yes, your photographs are beautiful and they capture in each photograph, there's something in it that like brings my eye to it, you know? And so there's always something in each picture that you take that has a little bit of your soul in it. It just is, mm -hmm. it, I just can kind of see it in the pictures. It's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is your, your, when you're doing that, you're not criticizing yourself. You know, you're just in the moment taking yeah. those pictures and that's being in your soul energy so you know our time passes i have no idea that i've spent three hours out taking right. pictures no yeah, idea exactly you know and i do the same thing when i'm doing posts i'm writing or i'm talking to people like you know it just goes by like a second yesterday so eight clients in a row and i just i just sat in my soul energy and i felt like maybe i was there for five minutes i mean eight mm -hmm. oh yeah. So you were definitely in your soul energy. Yeah. 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 And it's amazing though, how, when you're in that kind of energy, you know, nothing is stressful. It's just, you just go from one thing to the next thing. Um, it's a beautiful pace because you're, you no longer evaluating every move you're making. You know, you're just, you're just mm -hmm. letting yourself be you and mm -hmm. you're just waiting to hear, you know, some insight or just, you know, really listening. And it, it really mm -hmm. has my practice tremendously you know yeah, because if you're in your ego your ego is going to criticize every move yeah and your ego starts to criticize other people you know which is the last <laughs> want to sneak out you know so, <laughs> I'm training my new therapists that work under me I'm always saying to them mm, you know what you got to start with basic listening skills because your ego is gonna want to tell people what to do like that's what we like to do and when you have a title of therapist, you almost have a license to tell people what to do. Yeah, you do. People come to you to, you know, to say, well, tell me. What, what can I do? Right. And so nobody really wants to be told what to do. Though. No. People want to work it out for themselves, you know? So you, that's what you're telling the interns to. Yes. Yeah. They have to develop the foundation of listening. Um, and cause when they do that, when they do reflective listening, which is mm -hmm. when, a, when a client talks, you paraphrase back what they're saying, it keeps you so busy that you don't have time to let your ego take over. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in those moments, you really are more sitting in more of your soul energy. Now they don't know that, but <laughs> that's what's happening. You know, many, many therapists are very intuitive and very connected to the, yeah. you know, and it, and for the client, they're being heard, which is really what they needed. Yeah. I mean, people can figure things out for themselves for the most part. I do feel like, um, you know, if they don't hit into this energy, they'll get a little stuck. So um, that's mm -hmm. why it's important for therapists to really connect to the soul energy to help people, you know, move out of that ego by telling them, mm -hmm. well, that's just not true about you. You know, that's the only directive thing that I'll say to people because my soul will kind of guide me to say, oh boy, you know, that's so not true about you. You are a beautiful person. And, um, you know, that's not what people are saying to themselves. Mm -hmm. I like to, 
my ego likes to say you were stuck in it for eight years of, you know, in the pain of a breakup, but it's not true. There were moments in those eight years where I was a valuable person. Yeah. And your, and your soul would say, you know, that was eight years of incredible learning and growing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, take all the good that came from that. And the, and every, every life experience you have, whether it's good or bad, is extremely valuable because it grows our soul. Whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, it grows our soul in the exact same proportion. So we think we have the judgment based on experiences that the soul doesn't soul sees our entire experience here as being as grow, us growing because we can't help but grow and we do grow through from pain but we also grow through from happy things too so it's equal it's not you know some yeah. people will say well painful experiences you grow more if that's not really true that's not really what the soul tells me the soul yeah. tells me that you grow equally from both but we need both we to grow you have Definitely. to be in the yang to kind of grow a little bit you know when I look back at all my relationships, I, I do think about the things that I learned from being with them, like what kind of music they liked. I, that introduced me to like one boyfriend, it was the blues. I didn't even know what the blues was. And then I started liking it. Another um, boyfriend was, had a photography shop. Um, just one was a fisherman. I <laughs> got one out on his boat. So there, I can look back at all the relationships and see what, was happy about it and how I grew from the happiness part of it. Right, right, and and the pain, you know. Okay. So you, grew, you grow from both, you know. You really yeah. grow from both, and you know. So when we see both experiences as valuable, we don't have to be so afraid of the good or bad experiences. You know, because mm -hmm. some people are just as afraid of good experiences as they are bad experiences. I'll have a lot of clients say, "All these great things are happening to me. Now I'm petrified because something bad is going to happen." Oh, that's very common. Yes, it's very, very common. <laughs> well, because it's true. You know, in life we have good and bad. So what I tell my clients a lot is, "You're right. That is true. We're going to have a handful of good experiences and we're going to have a handful of bad experiences." And yeah, we can't be in denial of that. You know, it's true. However, you know, when you have the soul to buffer it, no matter what you go through, you can ask your soul to help you. You know, so if you're scared or you're, you know, you have a health issue, you can ask the soul to sit with you and stay with you. Um, so that you're never, ever going through any of those things alone. I mean, what we have to face in life is not easy. You know, we come here knowing we have a short period of time and we know that we're leaving and how we leave, you know, is really kind of up in the air. We don't know that. So we need a lot of support and help as we go through each life stage, you know? Yes, that's why I try to be kind to people because I know we're all in the same boat. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. We're all heading the same way. And, you know, we're here for very particular reasons. And we want to trust that, um, that we're, we're doing exactly what we're meant to be doing. And we are. No matter where you are, that's exactly yeah. where you're meant to be. You know? That's a good point. I also like what you said about the soul can buffer the pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're, you know, I mean, say you're in the hospital, you have some health issue. You know, people have to work. People have their lives. They can't be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But your soul is, your soul energy mm -hmm. is. And, you know, people in spirit and angels and guides and anything that you believe is always all around you. You're never, ever, ever left alone. And the mm -hmm. more you can connect to that support system, 
the easier it is facing some of these challenges, you know? And then it also, the easier it is for us to know that our loved ones, even if they were alone at their time of death, that they mm -hmm. were never alone, you know? No. Nobody's no. ever left alone. No, that's a good point. We can talk about that and another, um, that's gonna be my question for next time. The spirits around us, how we should be able to try to tune into that help, the angelic help. That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, we should okay. be wrapping this up, right? As always, me and you could just go on. And <laughs> Forever. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Lorraine. And thank you. Um, look forward to another chat with you soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Janice. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. -bye.